Cain brought his best, but our access to God is not through our best, but through his blood. Abel brought what God taught, and Cain brought what he thought. This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today as we continue to look at how faith worships. And pastor, we began last time looking at the story of Cain and Abel. We continue that today. Now, both Cain and Abel brought the best of what they had to offer God. One sacrifice, God said, was fine, was was acceptable and pleasing to him. The other was not. If they both brought their best, why were they not both good enough? Uh, well, God has told us what's acceptable to him. So somewhere along the line, the parents uh, had to communicate to their children, because it's not recorded in, in the Word, that they actually did tell them. But uh, from what we see and God's response, Adam and Eve must have told them, when we sinned against God, God slew an animal, and I believe it was a lamb, uh, but the Bible doesn't say. But you can disagree with me, Steve, but I tell you, when the rapture happens on the way up, God's going to tell you I was right. <laughs> well, I, I have a theory of why you might be saying that, and I'm not gonna, uh, about to disagree. But, but, but if you look at it, uh, whether it was or not, that's irrelevant to the conversation. What you have is uh, you have an animal that was slain. It was sinless. It was sacrificed. It became a substitution through the shedding of blood. That's the prescription. Mm -hmm. And Cain brought the fruit of the ground. Well, what was wrong with the ground? God cursed it. Yeah. So here is one man bringing the best of the curse. And here's another man bringing the best that represents Calvary. Hmm. As simple as that. Well, and hearing it explained that way, I think, may clear it up for many, many people and just reminds us of the importance of obedience, of paying attention to what God does say is acceptable. Right. And, you know, people need to understand, I can never be good enough right. to have acceptance with God. I can only come through Jesus Christ. That's why Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, boy, or girl comes to the Father but by me. And so Hebrews breaks out, and uh, I get goosebumps. Look at me. You see him? Oh, yeah. You see him? Oh, yeah. You see him? I'm getting goosebumps because the I'm, hairs I'm are standing about up to on say, end. They're standing up on air, man. And because he says that he has given us access by a new and living way through the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I tell you, what a blessing. I wish you guys could see his face right now. Well, we're going to uh, open our Bibles and get into Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue the message, How Faith Worships. Here's Pastor Ford. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast. As a matter of fact, the invitation is, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest unto your soul. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't found them because you ain't looking for them. Amen. You know, the elderly couple, you know, they were talking, you know, and he's saying, you know, uh, she was saying, man, we used to we used to be close and, and, and used to nibble on my ear. And so he, he walked away. She said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get my teeth. 
So they got in the car and they went for a drive. And so he's at the steering wheel. She's over here uh, on the passenger side door. They look up ahead and they see a young couple, you know, and, and there were two people, but it looked like one, one, one body. They were so close together. She looked over and said, uh, you know, we used to be like that in our early days. And he looked at her and said, well, I ain't moved. I'm still behind the steering wheel. You, you know, if God doesn't seem close, he ain't moved. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that's moved. So maybe God told him, and, and I think uh, Elder Adams has a point. God did speak to Cain audibly and tell him, sin lies at the door. I'm going to give you a chance to repent. I'm, I'm letting you know, I'm giving you a chance to turn from what you think is salvation and turn to what I know salvation is. And we do it all the time. We tell you it's not church membership, water baptism, coming to church, all those things. But then it could have been his parents. They could have passed the baton of faith to both of their boys. Uh, they could have relayed the story. Now, here's what gets me. Uh, the, the same parents from the same house with the same environment, with the same instructions, but they made different choices. Let me see if I can free up some parent. Your child learns by nature, and only God can change that. You know this already. By nurture, that's what you're responsible for, but by notion. And whenever they get the notion, I don't care what you done put in them, they're going to do what they want to do. Amen. What you have to do is make sure uh, that they pay the consequences of the choices that they make. Amen. So they want to be grown, let them pick up the bill. Don't let them be grown in your house, eating your food, wearing your clothes, with your roof over their head. Kick their behinds out. You want to be grown, want to do what you want to do? You just ain't doing it in my house. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. Go on, go on over there and stay with Rappin' Raymond and Hip Hop Holly. Go on over there. See if they're going to help you out. But it could have been the parents. And, and he, he could have said something like this. Adam could have said, now boys, let me tell you something. Now, let me tell you something. Now, these are grown boys. These ain't baby boys. Now, let me tell you something, boys. Uh, you need to understand what happened to me and your mama. You see, everything was going along well. And uh, God brought her to me. And I was asleep. And uh, uh, I woke up. And there she was. I said, great Google mover, great God from Zion. What have we here? I said, whoa, man, look at that. You know, that just became her name. And then God put us together. And he, 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 he told us to consummate our relationship with sex. And then he put an adjective to it. He said, it's very good. And I said, man, God is good. Amen. And he's so right. And everything was going well uh, until the snake came into the picture. And even though I was right there, that's Genesis 3, 6, I was right there when she started talking to the snake, I was silent. And boys, I want to tell you something. You better talk to your wife because women are voice activated. And if you don't talk to her, some snake will. And so I, I should have said something because he misquoted what God had told me and she wasn't even there. But I didn't say anything because you know how your mama is. She puts her hands on her hips and get that neck to turn and them fingers to pop. And I just don't want to deal with all that. It's like too much drama. I just shut down. Shut up. And it don't bother her. She just keep on going. Like the Energizer Bunny. 
And so all I want to tell you boys is, woe to the house where the hen crows louder than the rooster. And then, and then God came looking for us after we ate. And, you know, I used to fellowship with him every morning. My devotional time was a walk in the garden with him. But I was ashamed because I now realize I was naked. And so I got some fig leaves and looked like Tarzan. God came looking for me. And I tried to hide from the all-seeing God behind a bush. And he asked me a question. Adam, why are you where you are? And he didn't ask me for information. He wanted me to give him revelation. That is, he wanted me to say, I am where I am because I did what I wasn't supposed to do. And isn't it amazing that many of us as Christians, we do the don't and don't the do? And so he said, he said, and so here I am now. I'm trying to hide from him. I know he could see me. He sees everything. I said, he sees everything. He sees everything. And so he said, he said, so, so then he pulls me out and he sees the fig leaves and he says, that represents your idea of how to cover your sin. And he took it away. And I'm naked again. And I realized because in intimacy, in innocence, there was no shame. But now that I know that I've sinned, I know guilt and I know shame. And so he covered me with the skin of an animal. And he gave me a picture that the way to have reconciliation with him is through blood. So I want to tell you boys, if you approach God, don't do it the fig leaves of your own righteousness because it's not dependent on how much you give and how much you serve and whether you sing in the choir or whether you hold a position in the church. It's all about your position in Christ. And so they both knew it. Adam probably ended up saying, see, you need to understand that animal that he slew to cover me up told me something, that I would die with my bride, but there was coming a lamb that would die for his bride. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr. and a message entitled, How Faith Worships. I know you can't always be by your radio for each and every broadcast, but you don't have to miss Pastor Ford's teaching. You can always listen by podcasting the program or through the Moody Radio app. And you'll find links to both begin podcasting or download the app when you come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. Let's get back to our message, How Faith Worships. Again, here is Pastor Ford. So then notice, secondly, not only is it prescribed by God, but it is pleasing to God. That's the content of the sacrifice. He says it's a more excellent. Now, when he says that, he's talking about the quality, not the quantity. Genesis 4.10 says he brought of the flock, the firstling, and the fat. 
What is he acknowledging? Either God told me directly or my parents taught me indirectly these things. I ain't got time to go through all of them. I mean, I'm just going to drop them. I'm not going to push them. That there must be for our sin a sufficient covering. Something has to wash away my sin. And so God has given blood uh, as the atonement uh, for my sin. So that whenever I sin, God no longer sees my sin. He sees his son. God is looking at me through rose-colored glasses, colored by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. It's been covered. Let me tell you what he's done. He has taken my bankrupt account of righteousness. There ain't nothing in it because all have sinned and fall short of glory. Not y'all, all have sinned. So I can't even uh, put anything in there because I don't have any righteousness because all my righteousness is filthy rags. So what Jesus did was in my righteousness account, he put his righteousness so that any sin I commit covered you're going to lie tomorrow, covered. You're going to cheat tomorrow, covered. It's covered. It's covered. Now, I'm not saying go out and cheat and all that because it's covered. I'm letting you know that Jesus is a sufficient covering that if he didn't die for all of my sins, he didn't die for none of my sins. People talk about keep yourself safe. You can't keep yourself safe. It'd be like a revolving door. I'm saved one second. I'm saved. Some of y'all lost y'all salvation because you're tired of listening to me already. You're only here because your parents made you come. And you can see you ain't even interested in what's being said. But you better listen because you can't go on the coattails of your parents. And if you don't get Jesus, you're going to bust hell wide open. So it's a fishing covering, but then it's a covering that was supplied by God. So there's the parents now. It was a fishing covering to cover them, but it was supplied by God, not by them. It was a sacrificial death. Some animal died so that they could live. Then there was the shedding of blood. Then there was a substitutionary atonement. All that means is they became innocent because the lamb took their guilt on Calvary. Now here's what I like, that whenever Christ was born, the angels sang and a light shone. But when Jesus died, it was a private thing between him and God. So God pulled the shades over the sun. And when he laid my sin and your sin on him, he did it in the dark. Because it wasn't nobody's business but him and his son. Mm. Yeah. Contrast that with Cain. No blood, the fruit of his own labor. And remember, he ignored God's curse. Genesis 3:17. The ground is cursed. Now you're going to bring him a curse when what he wants to do is make Jesus the curse. He despised grace. And when confronted with the truth, he was unrepentant. Let me say it again. Cain had religious reformation without spiritual transformation. And you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. What kind of salvation do you have? Do you have what he has prescribed? Do you have what's pleasing to him? Well, here it is. Here it is. See, Cain worshiped by reason, whereas Abel worshiped by revelation. That's what God said. 
So Cain's was good works, but Abel's was by grace. So that Cain focused in on the quantity of what he brought. If I do more, I'm more pleasing to God. You know, folk talk about my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. It don't work like that. How many sins does it take to send you to hell? One. Now, if you don't have any, I loan you a whole lot of mine. It's self versus the Savior. It's ritual versus relationship. It's flesh versus faith. It's religion versus redemption. It's self-will versus God's will. Okay, my son this morning said, Dad, you kind of lost me theologically this morning. I said, where did I lose you? He said, when you was doing all that reason, revelation, atonement, substitution, imputation, all I don't know all that stuff. I said, okay. I said, look at this illustration. Tell me if that'll help explain it. And he said, now this I understand. I said, okay, then I'll share it so I can get everybody else on the same page. I'm going to assume that there's some people who are just like you to say, I don't even know what this man talking about. In a book called Words We Live By, Brian Burrell tells of an armored robber by the name of Dennis Lee Curtis. He was arrested in 1992 in Rapid City, South Dakota. He got arrested, but he had scruples about his thievery. So when the police took his stuff, they looked in his wallet, and this is what they found. My thievery code. Number one, I will not kill anyone unless I have to. Number two, I will take cash and food steps, no checks. Number three, I will only rob at night. Number four, I will not wear a mask. Number five, I will not rob mini marks or 7-Eleven stores. Number six, if I get chased by cops on foot, I will get away. If chased by vehicle, I will not put the lives of innocent civilians on the line. I will pull over and surrender. Number seven, I will only rob seven months out of the year. Number eight, I will enjoy robbing from the rich and give to the poor. Now, here's my point and all that I said before that. This thief had a moral code, but when he stood before the judge, his moral code did not count even though he had. Now, by having this code, he thought, I'm still a good person. But the judge said, you're guilty. And so Cain comes with his own ideas. Of, that's, that's why it, it makes me shudder when people say, oh, I say, well, I ain't seen you in a while. Oh, I got to get back to church. Get back to church. The reason you left church is because you left Christ. You left Christ long before you left church. So what you got to do is come back to Christ first. And then Christ will get you back to church. Because if you ain't got a Jesus strong enough to bring you to church every week, then you ain't got a Jesus that I know. Cain brought his best, but our access to God is not through our best, but through his blood. Abel brought what God taught, and Cain brought what he thought. That's a little ditty for y'all. Salvation is not based. Come on, say it. Salvation is not based on what I do, but on what Christ already done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. True story. I just heard Tony talking about it. There was a man by the name of Mr. Pratt who lived during the Civil War. And at that time, if you were drafted, if you could get somebody to take your place, you can be exempted from the draft. And so he approached a man by the name of Mr. Smith. 
and said, if you will take my place, I'll give you this. And Mr. Smith said, okay, I will. And he entered into the Civil War in the place of Mr. Pratt. Mr. Pratt didn't have to go. Well, Mr. Smith got killed in the Civil War. A year before the war ended, the draft board sent Mr. Pratt another draft notice and said, you are being drafted again. Mr. Pratt went to the draft board and told them, listen, uh, I, two years ago, uh, paid Mr. Smith to take my place. He did. So I was exempt from the draft. He got killed, and uh, so what that means is because he took my place, Mr. Pratt died, and you can't draft me again, and they let him go. I'm here to tell you that Mr. Jesus went to the cross for Mr. Ford. And now, Mr. Ford cannot be drafted by the devil, cannot be going to hell. Why? Because Mr. Jesus died in the place of Mr. Ford. So now, Mr. Ford is dead to everything because he's no longer his own. He's been bought with a price. Okay, I don't, you don't believe me. I'm going to read these passages. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Because Mr. Ford is dead. I'm just a dead man walking. Dead man walking. I'm just a dead man walking. If, that's a if of a first class condition, and I'm so glad that the NIV has it right. It should be translated since. Since you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things earth. Why? For you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, I got to read the fourth verse. It says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. You know, Christ has taken your place on the cross, bearing the weight of, of sin. But have you accepted his work on your behalf? Have you accepted his grace and his mercy? Well, if you'd like to talk with someone about becoming a Christian in more detail, I hope you'll get in touch with us. You can fill out the contact form at our website. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org and one of us will be quick to respond. Well, Treasure Truth and Moody Radio are made possible by our generous listeners. Each time you tune in, you're benefiting from the caring and generous support of men and women who value this ministry, who want to see God glorified and the gospel proclaimed throughout the U.S. and even around the world. And maybe today is the day that you'll join the growing family of supporters by becoming a monthly partner. As the name implies, monthly partners give a financial gift every month, and that ensures our ongoing ability to stay on the air. And becoming a monthly partner is simple. It takes just a few moments when you call. The number is 888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, you're going to receive a special 50% discount to Moody Publishers. The discount is good for as many books, CDs, and DVDs as you'd like. There's no limit. To become a monthly partner by auto gift, give us a call right now, 888-644-7660, or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. And thanks in advance for your generous giving. Well, I'm Steve Hiller, our producer is Amy Rios, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow as Pastor Ford continues this message on Abel and how faith worships. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.